The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We uh, turn our attention to men's health, courtesy of a new book called A 21st Century Man, Advice from 50 Top Doctors and Men's Health Experts to help you feel great, look good, and have better sex. And gosh, who wouldn't want that? Um, joining me by phone is, uh, well, he collected all this material, put this book together. This is his, uh, his first book. But he is an award-winning urologist and uh, sexual medicine expert and much, much more. Dr. Judson Brandeis joins me by phone. Hi, Judson. Welcome to the show. Hello, Judson. Hmm. Something didn't connect right. Well, maybe he'll disconnect and call me back, and and we'll get connected. In any event, the um, again, the name of the book is. Uh, let me make sure I get this title exactly right. The Twenty First Century Man: Advice from Fifty Top Doctors and Men's Health Experts to Help You Feel Great, Look Good, and Have Better Sex. Let's try this again. Oops. And we almost got disconnected there. Hi, Judson. Yes. Welcome to the show. Sorry we had a little glitch there with the uh, connection in transferring you over, but we seem to be connected now, so we'll uh, we'll carry on. Um, you know, what? Tom, uh, you, for some reason you're breaking up. Let me call you back on my other phone. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Anyway, that's uh, Dr. Judson Brandeis, and we're going to talk about his uh, his new book, this collection uh, of advice from 50 top doctors. Let's try this again. And it didn't. And it didn't transfer, but I see why. Uh, Brandon, hang on just a second. Let's see. Um, I. It looks like it might be. Let me. Let me try to transfer you one more time. If not, we'll go with uh, Plan B. Stand by. Hi, Judson. Can you hear me? And nope. It's not connecting. Well, I guess we'll have to try it one more time. 
Wait a minute, let me try this again. Judson, are you there? I am. Oh, okay. I guess we did get connected. Sorry about all this hassle with the phone. Apparently what happened oh, no is my, uh, the stream service that I use for my phone that connects to the board dropped. And uh, that, that just interferes with everything. But welcome to the show, nonetheless. Well, it's great to be here. Um, let, me, let me ask this. Um, this is your first book? It is my first book. I go big. <laughs> I, don't, I don't start with a pamphlet. I go straight to 101 chapters and 900 pages. But that's kind of the guy that I am. And, and advice from 50 top doctors and men's health experts. Um, did you have them write uh, sections of the book, or did you interview them and, and compile all the information yourself? Yeah, so it started out, you know, uh, I'm a board-certified urologist, and about two, three years ago, I became super interested in regenerative urology, the ability for men to grow new blood vessels in their penis and restore their erectile function. And so I started out by writing a sexual medicine book, but really, once you pass about 40 or 50 years old, almost all your health rolls into sexual function. So if you don't have good physical health, it's unlikely you'll be able to have uh, physical intimacy. If your relationships aren't in order, if you're not emotionally and mentally healthy, you're unlikely to have physical intimacy. And so really that was the genesis of the size of the book, is really focusing on what are all the things that men need to do to take care of themselves so that they're in a good position to be intimate with their partner? Is, does this just reaffirm what uh, women have been saying all along that all men think about is sex? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, I mean... I'm being a little facetious, Judson, yeah. but, but at the same time, not really. Is, is that what will finally get men to pay attention to their health? Uh, you know, to a certain extent, yes. I think men, to be honest, I think men have taken a beating uh, in the media you know, because you got guys like Jeffrey Epstein and Prince Andrew and all these, oh, like, sure. kind of miserable stories. But the guys that I see in my office every day, and I see, you know, over my career, I've seen thousands and thousands of men are really good people, right? They work hard. They take care of their kids, their spouse, their, their job, their community, and they don't take care of themselves, they put themselves last, and because they put themselves last, they end up in my office in their 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s, and things aren't going well for them, whether it's their testosterone's low or they no longer can get an erection or they put on weight or lost muscle or combination of the above. And there are so many things out there that we can do to help men. Uh, and that was really the genesis of the book is let me bring all of the top experts in every field of men's health into one single book and then let me write it in a way that's totally accessible and fun and relatable to men. That, that begs the question, um, how are, are, are you, who are you expecting to benefit most from this book? Is it practitioners or is it men in general, the general public, because... No, this is, you know, Tom, this is a book written for you. Well, and I'm very serious about that. 
men yeah. men are also historically uh, notorious for not following directions. I, I agree. And so <laughs> and, uh, no, and I not listen, going I, to the doctor. This is what I do every single day, and uh, you know I used to take insurance, but I can't do what I do uh, and take insurance. Because I spend an hour talking to my patients when they first come in, and I get to know everything about them, where they're from, what their life story is. You know the one question I ask men that really, really throws them for a loop? And there's not a week that goes by that uh, there's not a man crying in my office. I ask them what they do for fun. And that just stuns men. They're, they they look at me like no one's really ever asked them or even cared enough to ask them what they do for fun anymore. You know, they work or they, they do things that their wife or their kids like to do. That's, you know. yeah, I can I, I, I can see that. Um, of course, that question would be different in my case because I never really quite grew up. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a whole other show. It is a whole other show, but 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 it also gives me a chance to to just point out the fact that um, I've always made it a point to do for a living things that I find enjoyable, and very mm-hmm. often, um, you know, my answer would be work. And that, you know, if if John Q. Public sits down in your office and you ask him, "What do you do for fun?" He says, "I work." It it sounds you know silly but in many ways that's been true for me you know I was a professional musician and traveled all over the country for many years which was incredibly enjoyable I do this radio show which I enjoy very much and so the things that I do for work are the things that I do for fun Mm -hmm. Uh, you know that and that's fantastic but that's not really the case for one, a large percentage of men, but even a large percentage of musicians. I mean, think about how many musicians have died a, a tragic death because they haven't been able to deal with the the stresses and ups and downs of, of fame and fortune and, and, you know, producing music. So The 27 you know, I think Club. It's, it's, it's fantastic that you've been able to achieve that level of, of personal success and enjoyment, but... You know, especially in the Bay Area. So my office is, you know, within easy driving distance of Apple, Google, Facebook, Lawrence Livermore Labs, Oracle. Uh, And there's a culture in the Bay, especially in the Bay Area, of, you know, really working hard, uh, being highly competitive. Uh, You know, these are really intense industries. And, And men give all of themselves to their career and that's why, one, a hundred years ago, women used to live one year longer than men. Now women live five years longer than men. What happened in a hundred years that men don't live as long as women? And men, even before COVID, the longevity of Caucasian middle-aged men was in decline. And it really? was in decline was just... because of alcohol opioids and suicide. I and I was going to ask you about that because you know for 
for the last at least few decades, people have been living longer. Or at least I hear that people are living mm -hmm. longer. And my question was going to be, are men living longer? No, they're not. Now, I, I know people in the healthcare profession that would say, well, women are living longer because they go see their doctors. Exactly. And men are half as likely to see their doctor as women are. Is, is men's willingness to see their doctors and look after their own health, is it increasing at all as men are living longer? And I'm trying to get at something. You know, do, is, do men that okay. are more mature go to the doctor maybe a little more willingly than Well, you know, they men? have to. But, okay, think about it this way. When's the best time to bring your car to the dealership? Every 10,000 miles or 20,000 miles or when it stops running? Yeah, I'm... I'm a little bit <laughs> but at that point, you have to go to the dealership, <laughs> Yeah, I'm right? a little guilty of the latter there, Judson. <laughs> you know, when, when you have to call a tow truck on the side of the road to, to tow your car away because it doesn't work anymore, uh, that's not the best time to change your oil and change your tires and, you know, do the recommended maintenance. But the thing is, okay, the cardiovascular disease. 25% of men, the first sign of cardiovascular disease is death. Yeah, that's true. Right? So you don't get a second chance with death. And that's the value of the 21st century man. The 21st century man focuses on early intervention and prevention. What are the things that you can do as a man to take care of yourself, to prevent sudden death from cardiovascular disease at 40 or 50 or 60 or 70. And this book is packed with every organ system that relates to men. And the other aspect of it that's really amazing is I explain how to make the most of your doctor visit, right? I'm a doctor. I've seen thousands and thousands of people coming through my office over the years. And Insurance hasn't given doctors a raise in 30 years. So, As a doctor, what do you have to do? Well, you have to see more and more people, right? Right. So Cerner, which is the biggest, one of the biggest electronic medical record companies, looked at 100 million charts. And what they found is that the average time you spend in the doctor's office is 16 minutes and 14 seconds. Judson, That's not I, a lot of time. I, I have to put a pause here because I have a break coming up, but I want to talk about this some more. Can you stick around for a few minutes? Of course. All right. We'll talk more with uh, Dr. Judson Brandeis about his uh, new book, The 21st Century Man. We're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. They are WFOV 92.1 LPFM in Flint, a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House, Spectacle Productions, and my good friend Paul Herring. And uh, if you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. We'll be right back. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions and you know the material and you, and you care about it and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Hello. Speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My Robocall Crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our uh, conversation with Dr. Judson Brandeis, the author of a uh, new book called The 21st Century Man, Advice from 50 Top Doctors and Men's Health Experts to Help You Feel Great, Look Good, and Have Better Sex. Judson, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, no worries. Um, you said something in the last segment, and, and I wanted to get into this just for a minute. You said you stopped taking insurance. Um, how do you get paid? You know, I provide value to patients. And so they're paying you directly rather than turning it into an insurance company. Exactly. You know, what I was talking about just before the break was that you get 16 minutes with your insurance-based doctor. And so it's really important for you to make the most of that time. And so in the book, I explain how to make the most of the time. You need to see yourself as your partner in your own health. You know, doctors don't exist on tall mountains at the top and, and, and <laughs> give you edicts from the top. You know, what you need to do when you go to the doctor is write down your whole health history. So any medical problems, any surgeries, any of that kind of stuff, and then have a list of your medications, have a list of any labs that you've had over the past year or two, have a list of any imaging studies you've had, and then a description of why you're there. So say you're going in for back pain. Well, you know, two weeks ago I woke up with back pain. I had been lifting some heavy stuff before that. It's worse on the right than the left. It radiates down my leg. It started as a 10 out of 10 pain. Now it's a 5 out of 10 pain. I've been taking Motrin or, you know, Naprosyn for the and hand that to the doctor and then also hand a list of questions to the doctor. And yeah, I guarantee I a, you that doctor will get really happy because you know you've made very efficient use of time. I, I have a doctor who um, when I started seeing him a couple of years ago had me start a notebook and it has dividers in it and you know every time I have blood work done or an x-ray or something there's a, a sheet a printout and it goes in the book and so there's there's always an up-to-date collection of all that information plus I have a copy for my records as well that, that's fantastic and you know I guarantee you, you make good use of the doctor's time but if you walk into the doctor's office and expect the doctor to take a complete history, do a physical, and diagnose you, and then explain the diagnosis, and then explain the pros and cons of all the different treatment options in 16 minutes, you're fooling yourself. Now, and I, you have to take responsibility for your own health. Just out of my own curiosity, because I, I had an interesting uh, experience um, once, and, and I want to stay with this billing thing for just a minute, Judson. Um, because I, I wonder if it impacts, you know, if, if billing patients directly has an impact on, on their willingness to go to the doctor if they can't pass it off to an insurance company. But um, I suppose it depends on how they're feeling. But uh, let me let me tell you this story. I went for a period of time where I didn't have any health insurance. And I was seeing a cardiologist and, and paying him, you know, for my visits. And he wanted me to have a stress test 
that was, uh, and I asked him how much it was going to be because I was going to pay for it out of pocket, and he said something like $1,200. And I said, well, then we're just going to have to pass on that, and I walked out. And I got a call a couple days later from his office that they had figured out a different kind of stress test they could do for $150, which I agreed to do. But it, you know, it it's, I've always been suspicious of insurance companies, but we've gotten so trained to not get, procedures done if we can't turn them into our insurance companies that I, I wonder if that has an impact on whether or not people are willing to go see their doctor. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the the procedures and techniques that I do in my office are really cutting edge. So I do low-intensity shockwave therapy for penile rejuvenation, platelet-rich plasma, um, I do M-Sculpt, which is an unbelievably amazing muscular rejuvenation. I do a lot of testosterone replacement. Uh, and I, I spend an enormous amount of time with my patients. And so, first of all, insurance isn't going to reimburse for a lot of the stuff that I do because it is sort of cutting edge. Uh, and second of all, um, you know, people are paying really for my time and my expertise in the 25 years that I've put into uh, becoming the expert that I am and, you know, all the fancy diplomas on my wall from Brown to Vanderbilt to Harvard to UCLA. Uh, and so it's actually a very honest way of doing business. If I don't provide value to my patients, then they look at me and say, you know, well, Oh, I, I agree, Judson. That's why I wanted to talk about it just a little bit more and not just leave it hanging out there because, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, people are willing to pay for results. Absolutely. You know, Especially if, when they haven't been intimate in, in five or ten years with their, their spouse or their, you know, new, a new partner, and I can give that back to them. How much of the, the drop-off in intimacy for older men is the result of um, uh, penile dysfunction or just um, aches and pains? Yeah, you know, that, that's a great question, and it's, it's super complicated. And that's, that's the genesis of this book. So I have a, a chapter in the book, which is how I see and evaluate my patients because I have a very kind of whole body holistic way of seeing and evaluating patients, which is interesting because it's a combination of um, kind of standard medicine because that's where I was kind of born and raised. You know, I went to some of the top institutions in the country, worked with uh, Harold T. Merriman, who discovered how to freeze blood for um, for transfusion, I worked in the the Merrill and Murray lab at Brigham and Women's Hospital, which is where they did the first living related kidney transplant. I worked at UCLA where uh, they just with Mark Litwin, who's kind of the father of quality of life research in urology. Uh, but then I do a lot of things that people would consider sort of alternative medicine, peptides and and shockwave therapy and those kind of things. And I I take the the best of both worlds. 
and and then I really have respect for relationships and therapists and psychologists, and I have a huge section in my book on mental health, emotional health, relationship health, because that's also part of it. So sure. rolled up in your question is kind of almost like, a, you know, the Maslow's Pyramid? There's I'm not, a, I'm like not familiar. A, yeah, there's like a pyramid of kind of existence. So at the very bottom is like food and, and security, and then above that is, you know, shelter, and above that is relationships. Well, you know, for men over 50, at the very bottom is physical health. So if your physical health is deteriorating because you're obese or your testosterone's low or you're eating bad food or you're smoking, you're not going to be able to achieve an erection, right? But then if you're not emotionally healthy, uh, you're not going to be in a good place to get an erection. If you have depression, anxiety, you know, your work-life balance is off. And then if your relationships aren't intact... And so you, all these ducks have to be in, in a row for you to have good physical intimacy after the age of 50. And so that's sort of the reason. And then even your spouse's health. You know, if your wife is postmenopausal and you don't understand what menopause means, and there's an amazing chapter in this book written by Russ Bartels, who's a male gynecologist, on what men need to know about menopause. If you don't understand what your spouse is going through, uh, it can destroy a relationship. So, that, you know, there really are a, a multitude of reasons why uh, men aren't uh, sexually active after the age of, say, 50 or 60. Uh, that has to do with a, a multitude of factors. See, I've had some, some health issues over the last couple of years, and um, I've, I've been concerned about the impact of the pandemic on my healing and getting better from these these health issues. I fortunately I've had positive outcomes and you know the appropriate surgeries and they were successful and so on. But you know I'm not I'm not bouncing back because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything you know for the last two years. And where I used to get a certain amount of exercise, I'm not anymore, and I'm binge-watching television. Um, I always did that a little, but I'm doing it more and eating comfort food, and you know, and, and so I'm not following. And I, I just wonder if, that's, if you're finding that that's fairly common among men over the last couple of years, if, if the pandemic has gotten in the way of healthy habits. Oh yeah, the pandemic has exacerbated um, all of these all of these trends. Um, for example, I was at the Sexual Medicine Society meeting a couple months ago, and there was a paper that was presented that showed that COVID caused an increase in the incidence of, of erectile dysfunction in men by twenty percent. Really? Because COVID, you know, I, I love. Um, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Schaffner and all the, the folks that go on television, but no one really has explained properly the pathogenesis of, of COVID. Right? People think that COVID's a, a disease of the lungs, but COVID's actually a disease of blood vessels. Right? 
And so it causes what's called a vasculitis or an inflammation in blood vessels. Hmm. And that's how it causes strokes and heart attacks and even lung problems. When they, they look at lungs of people that have died of COVID, there's a tenfold increase in blood clots in the lungs of patients who've died with COVID. So it's more of vasculitis. And so folks that have long haulers problems and, and issues from COVID, you know, there's something called COVID toe. It's because the circulation has been affected. And there's amazing chapters in 21st Century Man on how to eat, how to exercise. There's a vascular surgery chapter written by a vascular surgeon. There's cardiology chapters written by Joel Kahn, who's actually out of Michigan, who's a fantastic cardiologist. You know, you have to understand the things that you can do to improve circulation because really it all starts with circulation. Every organ in the body requires good circulation, especially the penis, but including the brain, the heart, the muscles, so anything that you can do to optimize circulation. And what are some of the things that, that people can do, especially uh, under this sort of uncertainty about whether to stay quarantined or not um, that, that we're still experiencing? Absolutely. Well, you know, there's a lot of relatively simple things to do. First of all, smoking. You know, no one should smoke cigarettes. Uh, moderating or eliminating alcohol. There's this sort of idea that some alcohol is, is not bad for you. All alcohol is bad for you. You know, it's an ingrained part of society, and all this advertising convinces us that it's okay, but really no alcohol is good for you. Let's just be perfectly honest. And then the food that you eat, right? You should be eating high protein, low carbs, macronutrients like vitamins and minerals, fiber, and healthy fats. Right? All the carbs and the cream and the butter, that just goes straight to our arteries and prevents blood flow to the arteries. Uh, exercise. So the American Heart Association recommends 40 minutes four times a week. And it's easy to figure out what your heart rate should be you take 220, subtract your age, and multiply it by three quarters, and that's your goal heart rate. Interesting. There's a lot of that kind of stuff in the book. Now, on top of that, I actually created a company called Affirm Science based on Nobel Prize winning research that was done at UCLA when I was there. And we don't take in enough nitric oxide boosting um, foods. Nitric oxide is the second messenger that our nerves use to communicate to blood vessels to open them up. And as you get older, you get less and less nitric oxide. And so I created a product called Affirm that's available at AffirmScience.com, which is high in citrulline, which is a non-essential amino acid that helps provide nitric oxide to the body and also high in nitrates. So it's basically watermelon and beets. You know, that's why every time you read an article about what foods you can do eat to improve erectile function, watermelon and beets are always at the top. 
there are two pathways to boost nitric oxide. One is citrulline, the other is nitrate, but that improves circulation. So it naturally decreases blood pressure. It improves circulation to the penis, to the muscles, to the brain. Uh, and so simple things like a nitric oxide booster along with exercise. Um, and then going to your primary care physician, your cardiologist, um, for more advanced things to improve vascular health. Well, I remember my uh, my mother, before she died, um, she'd had a couple of strokes. And I remember at one point a doctor telling her that she needed to cut back on uh, um, green vegetables and uh, drink a glass of wine with dinner every day. <laughs> Maybe and, that doctor was drinking too many glasses of wine. Well, you know, I and, and I remember joking at the time, Judson, that I needed to get a new doctor. I need hey, to, yeah, <laughs> I think that's time to run away from the doctor and find a new one. I, I need to find a doctor. I don't know where that doctor went to medical school, but uh, it probably wasn't in the United States. But it was about the same time that some health food people were saying there was something beneficial in you know, a single glass of wine with a okay, meal. Okay, so in the book, there's a whole section on addictions, right? And the deal on alcohol, there was a huge study out of Lancet, which is like kind of the top British um, health journal, right? Zero to one equivalent glasses of wine, beer, alcohol, whatever, doesn't really have any effect on longevity. But, you know, alcohol, the class of medication that alcohol is in is a depressant. Okay, and it disinhibits you. So a large percentage of bad behaviors in society occur as a result of alcohol, whether it's fatal car crashes or domestic abuse or, you know, unwanted pregnancies or just stupid behaviors. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Sure. Right. A large percentage of our stupid behaviors and bad decisions come because we're drinking alcohol because it disinhibits us. And third of all, you know, 40% of men are obese. Alcohol is empty calories. There's no nutritional benefit from alcohol. So if you're in great shape and you're exercising every day and you want to drink some alcohol, go for it. But if you're obese and you're drinking alcohol, you're foolish. It's just going to make it more and more difficult for you to lose the weight. And guess what? If you're obese, you increase your risk of orthopedic issues, hip replacement, knee replacement. There's a great chapter by Will Workman, who's the Oakland A's team physician, on how to avoid hip and knee and shoulder replacement. Okay, Fat turns testosterone into estrogen, right? Turns the male hormone that we need, and there's an amazing chapter on testosterone in the book, but it turns that into estrogen, into the female hormone, right? That's why guys who are fat have man boobs. So, what about you know, these... Just what about Go these ahead. late night commercials that you know promise uh, testosterone replacement uh, through supplements and that kind of stuff? Is is that the the hokum it seems to be? Yeah. So I actually have a testosterone supplement called Support that's available at Affirm Science also, and it will boost testosterone about fifteen percent. And that's as much as you can hope for from a supplement. You can't take testosterone orally, okay, because your liver will break it down. 
So the only way to really truly boost your testosterone to high levels is either through creams, shots, or bio-T pellets. So basically those advertisements are, you know, false advertising. The most you can hope for is about 15, 20%. And support has what's called DHEA, which is a testosterone precursor. It's what your body uses to make testosterone. It's kind of like bringing iron ore to steel mills. It also has something called DIM, which is a natural substance that prevents the aromatization of testosterone into estrogen, so the conversion of testosterone to estrogen. So, you know, everyone thinks, oh, well, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Right? But if you actually look at the structure of the molecule of testosterone and estrogen, the only difference is one single hydrogen atom, which is the smallest unit of matter. So it's easy for your body to flip testosterone into estrogen. And men and women, you know, most people think, well, men have testosterone and women have estrogen. But we, we have both. We just have them in different ratios. Well, this is fascinating stuff. And I... Um I'm always anxious to have guests tell listeners where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Obviously, the book is a great place to start, The 21st Century Man by Dr. Judson Brandeis. Um, but Judson, you know, in this day and age, so many people distrust uh, science and medical professionals and authorities of all kinds. Are there some some good resources where people can learn a little bit more about what we've been talking about? Do you, for example, do you have a website? Yes. So the 21st Century Man, all written out in letters, the 21stCenturyMan.com. Well, Judson, and then on that website, yeah. not only will we have information on how to get the hardcover book, the e-book, and very soon the audio book, but very soon we'll have the bios up for all of our authors. And each of those authors I hand-selected. So, you know, I will vouch for their credibility. I mean, you got to read the bios of some of these people. They're just unbelievable. I mean, these are the people that you need to be listening to. You don't need to be listening to Khloe Kardashian about, <laughs> you know, your health and fitness. You know, I mean, like... If you're going to listen to someone about sexual health, listen to me. I went to Brown University, Vanderbilt for medical school, did research at American Red Cross. Then I went to Harvard, did a research fellowship at the lab where they did the first living-related kidney transplant. Then I went to UCLA, did two years of surgery. Then I did four years of urology, including a year of research with Mark Litwin. Then I came out. I've been in private practice for 20 years. I published... Uh, data uh, that I present at the Sexual Medicine Society meeting. I pioneered the use of the da Vinci surgical robot. I pioneered kidney stone treatment. I pioneered MRI-guided prostate biopsy. I know what I'm talking about. Well, right? I've dedicated my life to this. Listen to me. Don't listen to someone who doesn't have a fraction of the credentials that I have. Well, Because likely they're selling you something. Judson, we have to end it there, but I really appreciate you sharing your expertise with me and the listeners today. You and got it. Thanks for pleasure. spending this time. Keep up the good work. Hey, you too. Take care. All right. Again, Dr. Judson Brandeis, author of The 21st Century Man, advice from 50 top doctors and men's health experts to help you feel great, look good, and have better sex.
Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Whiplet Technology, Mark Community College, it's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Ellen Sherman, Cleveland housewife and mother. Hi, I'm a nuclear physicist and commissioner of consumer affairs. In my spare time, I do needlepoint, read, sculpt, take writing lessons, and brush up on my knowledge of current events. Thursday's my day at the daycare center, and then there's my work with the deaf. But I still have time left over to do all my own baking and practice my backhand, even though I'm on call 24 hours a day as a legal aid. How does Ellen Sherman do it all? She's smart. She takes speed. The tiny blue diet pill you don't have to be overweight to need. And then I collect these paper bags. 
And I have them right here, all folded and everything. In case anyone needs a paper bag, I have Yes, one. Speed. Because I fold them neatly, you know. I don't fold them just any old way. I Why not ask your family doctor for a prescription today? And, and when that runs out, you can ask your neighbor's doctor. And your mother's doctor. And your college roommate's doctor. And your best friend from high school's doctor. And your babysitter's doctor. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. In the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. You want to take a vacation? Uh, no, I don't have time. Where are you going? What do you mean you don't have time? Well, you've got to get around, you know. I mean, I have certain obligations. Well, no, but it's a great, it's a great time of year. You know, the spring of the year, you can get out and study wildlife. You know, out there where everything's wild. That's that's my dressing room is pretty. No, no, no. I, I mean, I'm talking about I'm talking about that virgin territory. Yeah, that's it. How'd you know? Up there in the hills, boy, you see some wonderful things up in those woods. Oh yeah, that camping out is a lot of fun. You see, and you see a lot of things that you don't run into ordinarily. Yeah. And if you're interested in that kind of, if you get interested in that kind of thing, boy, it, it can mean a lot to you. Like you like to watch birds. Huh? They have whole societies, you know, for bird watching. How do you go about that? What do you mean? You just lie out in the field. That's a good start. No, I mean, you, you lie out there with a strong pair of glasses and you can study things, boy, and, and you'll learn about nature. Huh. But a lot of guys start very young when they do that. Doing what? Studying nature. Oh. Like when you were a kid, your mother told you about the birds and the bees? Well, that was my sex education. Yeah, I know, but you see... She told me about the birds and the bees when I was in the bathtub with my rubber duck. Well, did she? Yeah. There I was uh, there with the rubber duck, floating it around, and she, and she told me about the chickens. The chicken? Oh, yeah. the story of the egg. No, before the egg. Before well, the hen gets in the corner, and the rooster comes along. Boom! Boy, boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understood that. No, thing. that part you understood. Oh, the rubber duck went flying. Oh, yeah. You, you mean but to this day, I can't figure flowers. What do you mean you can't figure flowers? How do flowers fool around? Oh, God. Flowers don't fool around. Come on. I figure under the ground, they're going, hey, baby. You mean nobody ever told you about pollination? Is that where stuff's floating on the water? No, that's pollution. Oh, pollution. No. Pollination. Flowers have to be pollinated. The male flower has pollen, which has to be sent to the female flower. Hmm. Now, if you have a whole field of flowers, and a male flower is way over in one corner of the field, and the female's over on the other side, how do you think that pollen gets over there? I figure in the middle of the night, the male flower gets up. No, no, no. There are four ways for a flower to be pollinated. Whee! Four ways. One way is by the wind. The wind? That's right. With the flower? Certainly. The wind blows across the top of the flower, and that flower has a long, hairy stigma. And it has... You're putting me... No. It has very dry pollen. Oh. Well, that's good. Is it good? Well, certainly, because the wind picks the pollen up and scatters it. By George. That's the wind. Now, some flowers are pollinated by insects. Insects? Insects. That flower has sticky pollen. Sticky pollen. Some flowers are pollinated by hand. There are some flowers... What's this one by hand? Well, that's like a gardener. The gardener fools around with the flowers? Oh, no, no. He's not fooling around. He has them in a hothouse. Sure he has. He goes 
close by with a little brush. The dirty old man. No, he's not either. The man is a horticulturist. I'll bet he is. And that's what he does. Now then, sunflowers, of course, use self-pollination. Whoops. Well, certainly the perfect flower has both male and female parts. Ain't that handy. If there's no outside agency to do the job for him, it certainly is. I guess so. But the, the, the most interesting and one of the most fascinating stories in nature is the relationship between the bee and the flower. The bee fools around with the flower? Well, the bee doesn't even know it's pollinating. You're kidding. <laughs> oh. You see, I've been that drunk myself, son of a... I mean, for instance, you see, the bee, in the first place, doesn't know about the pollen. He's after the nectar. Oh. The nectar and the flower. Oh. And, and the, remember now, the, the pollen is sticky. Yeah. And the bee has furry little feet. Does that help? Well, of course it helps. Well, I'll wear my socks. No. I mean, it helps in this way. When the bee lights on the tip of the pistol. The what? The, it's a part of the flower. Oh. When he lights on the tip of the pistol, he's there to get the nectar. Oh. But the pollen sticks to his feet. Now, oh. he'll leave this flower and stop at another flower. And the pollen he's picked up on his feet from this one, he'll leave a little on that one. Huh. Yeah. And, and that he, makes other flowers? Well, he'll cover a whole field. Well, that's what yeah. happened to Donald at the picnic. What happened to Donald at the picnic? He pollinated three girls. No, he didn't pollinate anybody. He had to move to Pittsburgh. Well, I I don't care where he is. He didn't pollinate. Have you ever seen a beehive? Sure. You know what's inside a beehive? A lot of little compartments. A little compartments. And the female bee's in there, and the male bee flies all night and says, Hey, baby. No, no, no. no. The, that's a honeycomb in there. Yeah. And the bee we're talking about doesn't have any sex. What? That's right. He is a worker. Yeah. His whole job is work, work, work. That's huh. all he does. Now, everybody in the bee society has a job to After do. After he works, couldn't he? No, no. He, I tell you, he has no sex. That's he terrible. is neuter. He's neither male nor female. Well, make up his mind. Well, no, I... The bees are produced from the queen. Yeah. The queen bee lives 15, 20 years, produces thousands of bees. Huh. Only has romance once. She didn't like it, huh? No, it isn't. She didn't like it. She'll try it again. Her job is to produce... I didn't like avocados when I... That hasn't anything to do with it. It's a matter of instinct with oh. the bees. You see, have you ever heard of the nuptial flight? Is that United or... The nuptial flight of the queen bee. Yeah. On the day of the nuptial flight, the drones... I didn't tell you about the drones. Those are males. You don't, males. You don't see them except oh. on this one day. See, they uh -huh. stay in the hive. The other bees take care of them. Uh -huh. But on the day of the nuptial flight, the young virgin queen yeah. leaves the hive. Yeah. And she starts into life on her own, and all the drones take off after They her. all go. The whole gang of them go after <laughs> her, But only one of them gets her. He nails her. Well, maybe a more poetic way to put it. But you see, this he becomes what they call the prince consort to the queen. <laughs> yes. and, and, and the marriage takes place while they're in the air. <laughs> I say they consummate the marriage while they're in flight. While they're flying along? Right You're here. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> now, <clears throat> the only way to fly. <laughs> find out what happens now, I'll tell you, because it's a fascinating process. Do you know what she does the minute it's over? She says, light me a cigarette. No. <laughs> the minute it's over, she is so anxious to get started on this new life yeah. that she just takes off. She leaves him? So fast that she always takes part of him with her when she goes. The hell you say. That's right. Now she'll get on Which part? His reproductive part. Ah! Rips it up. Why, that's terrible. Well, it's all over for him. I guess so. No, he's done his job. That's his job? That's it. He's a dummy. What are you talking about? Should have nailed her in the flower bed with Donald. Oh, no. Now, now, the queen will go on and never have romance again. I guess not. The word gets out. <laughs> Look out for Helen. She'll grab it and run. Oh. Anything I've told you, perhaps. <laughs> Where do you get all these dirty?
dirty books. They're not dirty books. You read them in biology class. How are you going to learn about life if you don't read and study? Well, you don't learn about life by reading, let me tell you. You learn about life by living it. Well, you don't you don't observe as you I don't. Huh? Yeah. Oh, 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 last night I observed. What you You wouldn't believe what I saw. What? At a bar. Why, two guys sitting there hugging and kissing and holding hands. It was terrible. No kidding. I turned to the fellow I was dancing with. I said, oh, come on. Get this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Now, when a virus comes along that's spreading like a plague, and POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague, well, then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well, unless you want to bid our free society farewell. There is a super bad transmittable contagious awful virus And if we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us In a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July A super bad transmittable contagious awful virus And if you got a better cough in your arm And if you got a better <coughs> Now back in 1918 influenza had its run But half the docs were busy overseas with World War I Today we have mass media and scientists to say If you don't want this virus well then stay six feet away Super damn important that we practice isolation Cause we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation It's super damn important that we practice isolation if we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. From the Tom it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. I want to say thanks to all my guests starting with this uh, last hour that we spent with um, Dr. Judson Brandeis, the author of The 21st Century Man, advice from top 50 uh, doctors and men's health experts to help you feel great, look good, and have better sex. Before that, we talked with um, Texas Life Coach Michael Taylor about his book, What If Jesus Were a Coach. And we started out this morning with Brooklyn Rainey, author of One Trusted Adult, How to Build Strong Connections and Healthy Boundaries with Young People. We'll have uh, another edition of the Tom Sumner Program coming up tomorrow morning at 9. That's Smoking George Winters uh, telling me it's time to head on down the hall to the living room. So, good night, everybody. Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. 
most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.